Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. I'll tell you what, money was. question of the day. Oh, what do you got, Louis? So sorry, because t- you, <laughs> you, you said the question is, and I was like, oh, maybe this could be the there question. There you go. Uh, Kind of along those lines. Sorry, cut you off the hippie. No worries. Um, the look, rugby league. It was the league of. It was the weekend of league, wasn't it? I kind of get pissed off when I see all the promotion around state of origin when they call it the pinnacle of the sport. Mm. And like, I get it. It's an Australian sport, Kimpy. You you lived over there. You know how much they care about it. Like the the state of origin to them is kind of like it's different to anything else, right? It's it's. It is, for them. But I kind of get pissed off because you watch the Kiwis and the Tongans play, you watch what happened at Mount Smart, and you go, that, that can't be the, that all that rugby league is, state of origin. I reckon the Rugby League World Cup at the end of this year is going to be that as, as good. It's going to be as good of an event as any sporting World Cup we'll see this year. I, I truly reckon it could rival the Football World Cup. Different, but I think it is dif- it's different, but I still think it can be a huge event. So the question is, hypothetically, of course, would the Kiwis win State of Origin? Mm. Good chat. <laughs> do, you want could, to, could, do you want the answer right now? I, I, I want every. Yeah, I want, I want. You guys can pontificate on it, but I wait hundred one five zero eight eleven double eight double three. If the Kiwis, this Kiwi side, played in a State of Origin tournament, say imagine of Tonga, England, Queensland, New South Wales, the Kiwis, whatever, played in a tournament. Because if it's the pinnacle, then they should clean us up. But that Kiwi side, and Kempe, you're so right about the weather. How good did they look when they were on? And that's what I'm wondering. Is this Kiwi side, am I getting, am I out of my depth or am I way, am I getting a bit cheeky suggesting that the Kiwi side could compete in State of Origin? Oh, I think they 100% could compete, Louis. But I know another angle your question is, is should international, because you think in, in our game, mm. uh, in, in, my, in the game I played with Union, you know, you go through. Uh, stages and stages, and the pinnacle is international rugby. They, that's the pinnacle. And in league, like the, the pinnacle is probably, well, you're trying to say, is it state of origin, or should it be the Kiwis taking on the um, the Kangaroos, which is a huge match, or the Kiwis taking on... Te- like, so his test match was, is international rugby league put on a pedestal as much as state of origin? Yeah, which, is, should which it's be. not. It and should it's not. be. Mm. Yeah, and you're dead right. You know the the answer for for me the answer to that question of course they do mm. 
So they, they go out and beat it, beat the can. I think this team and the Kangaroos will be sitting there, especially Mel Meninga, thinking, I need to come up with a very good team to beat this Kiwi yeah. team. So um, for me, yes, they do. Uh, you, you've got to remember that out of the origin, they picked the Kangaroos, so they put together... They've actually got a... Tr- this is where they've always had it against the Kiwis, is they play a three-game series, which is their Australian trial, to go and pick their team to yeah. pick, play the Kiwis. We get one... Um, token game against the Tongans, you know mm. what I mean, to put John put our game together. So that's a really good question from Louis. If the New Zealand, I'll tell you right now, if New Zealand were playing in the Origin and there was New Zealand playing either one of those sides in a three test series, they'd win it. Yeah. Do you do you really believe that? Hundred percent. They'd win it. And if you have a look, the, the the difference is it's an Origin and it's Australian, and the support and the commentary. I've always said this: like if you took Rabbit Warren away from State of Origin. You know what I mean? And you took the noise and all of the all of the the movie set stuff out of it and the romance. You've just got another test match. Yeah, yeah, right. What do you reckon? Do you think they could get up? I think the Kiwis could get up. Yeah, Matt. Like, this from a Kiwis fan from from way back and watching them grow up, and you know our next guest coming up after a eh, watching him just run an absolute clinic <laughs> in the Kiwis like break people. It's actually got me excited again. You know, like just they just got. A, a freakish spine. They're saying the right words. Um, you know, Bromwich coming out and say we want to be the best defensive yeah. side in the in, yeah. the in the comp. You know, like so that the things that they're saying. So they are inspiring me as a fan. So I think, I think they hundred percent can um, can go out and, mm. and win Origin. Well, and you're right. They are saying the right things. Brandon Smith said, like he said, we look at this team on paper and we knew the spine could be special. But out there playing today, I saw them. They were special. Jerome Hughes kicking game, Kimpy. I mean, you've been you've been saying the leadership is he the values. Seven in the game. Well, Must ho- be. hold that one because this is that's that's another great qu- can't wait question today. Hold that one for Kempi after the break. We've got some text steaming on a double eight double three. There's a fifty dollar TAB voucher up for grabs. Give us a call. Would the Kiwis beat that New South Wales side last night? They were pretty sharp. It was dominant. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Can't wait. Question of the day. Kiwis. Could they be a state of origin winner after this? You can't wait question of the day around the Kiwis and can they or could they win a state of origin? Well, the texts have been steaming in. Here's one. Yes. Ronaldo Mulitalo hat-trick against Billy's boys with ease from Jerome. Mm. How good was he, Kimpy? Mm. We were excited for him, weren't we? Yeah. And he, he copped it too, apparently, from the cheese when he came in the, in the camp saying, oh, here he is, the Queenslander. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, look, it, it's, a, it's a real good question that, uh, Louis, because what you do is you open up a can of worms in and around Origin, international football players. You know, you look at or f- look how many uh, Tor and Luai that could have been playing for Samoa on Saturday night. Um, you go uh, Kofusi who could have been playing for Tonga. You know, there's there's all these boys now that you know, is, and Izzy's hit that on the head that have decided um, because of the prestige and the money to choose Origin over their international. Mm. Um, Huge like, money in the. Yeah, and and this is where the Tongans have really thrown the, the, the cat amongst the pigeon. They've actually gone, well, we'd much rather play for our country. And it's actually really scary for the Australians. I spoke to a guy in Sydney on, on Saturday about it when they, they phoned to, to preview the test match. And I said, you know, the international game has an opportunity here to actually step up because you've got players that want to play for their country. 
And what Origin are really worried about that no one's talking about is that their their financial model is, is will be put under pressure if that happens. So um, I hope that we do get more internationals. It was a beautiful night, you know, of international football. But you you sort of get excited like we do. They win and come back and then see you later. We're not going to see them until the end of the year. I hope they uh, – like there's news of NRL, like they're, they're going to scrap the Pacific Test window. They're going to scrap that weekend, which will be horrible because I loved it. It was great to see and, and I like – I was listening to you have a talk there, Louis, and with the the whole question of the setup is like at the moment I feel like international league isn't the benchmark. And oh, it's not. It isn't the prestige, and and you think the World Cup later in the year does that have more kind of feel or, or you know a special kind of feeling to the Aussie players, or does that of Origin? And we know how much they get paid in Origin. So I just feel like yeah, like it's the balance is uneven at the moment. Yeah, look, the kangaroo jersey is something mm. prestigious. You know, if you look through that kangaroo jumper over the years and when they've worn it, it had, and they used to have kangaroo tours, Kiwi tours, mm. English tours, et cetera, et cetera. But th- there's none of that no more. Nah. You know, so if they can the Pacific, look, I've, I've only heard that, you know, that they can in that Pacific. Like, we need a Pacific Cup because mm. if you have a look at the players in the NRL that are representing Samoa, Tonga, Fiji, Papua New Guinea, New Zealand, New Zealand, Māori and Indigenous Australia, then you've got a massive opportunity to grow rugby league. The problem that you've got is, is that at the end of the year, because the NRL is the product, the clubs will not release the players because they've got to get them prepared for the following season. So it's just a really bad window to have it in. Mm. That is an outrageous question from you, Louis. The Aussie commentators are saying the Kiwi spine could be better than the Aussies. So I guess this text is saying they would pump them. The Kiwis would pump them. That's an outrageous question. <laughs> of course they would. A, a comp between two states from the fourth-ranked rugby side in the world? <laughs> Kiwis with better packs and the better spine. Hands up, though. I had Tamari Martin as my fullback. It's from Brett. And one last one. Morning, Kimpi. Joey Manu has just showed we c- should have offered him 1.1+. plus. This would be coming from a Warriors fan. The kid can play anywhere. 404 metres at the back is un. Real. I got a clip from Madge McGuire. I want to play you guys uh, after the news with Aroha. But Kimpy, Joe, you, Mate, you well, you, Joey, Joey couldn't even get a can't even get a catch. You're going to lead, lead into that last message too. Like, oh wow, there's yeah. no no money will entice anyone of that club at the moment. I feel. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. You're dead right. The thing with Joey Manu play, playing like that, running for 404 metres, all right, he has just opened every club's checkbook up mm. to get the next best fullback in the competition. Yeah, he's not a centre anymore. He's not on that centre bracket, Ooh. as he can be. And you, you've, you've, been, you've opened our eyes to the salary cap positions, and Joey Manu's had his eyes opened by his own performance in the NRL. Now I have to front up, pay up. <laughs> Half past six, I got this text that Izzy wants to read desperately after this. And keep your messages coming through. Would the Kiwis win State of Origin? I mean, the, the Blues were unreal last night, but that Kiwis spine, on paper it was something, in real life it was something else. It's fair to say the Black Caps have faced an English test cricket side that we've never seen before. And it's been a punishment in long periods, scoring at run rates you'd pair with ODI cricket. Baz's men have taken the third test away from the Black Caps. We've got one more day left, but they're currently flying. They've got Root, and they've got Ollie Pope in there at the moment, and uh, it'll be hard work for the Black Caps to salvage this one, I must say. Staring down the barrel of a 3-0 sweep over in England, and we're going to have a chat to Craig McMillan. He's on the ground over in the UK. Macca, how are you, brother? Morning, Izzy. 
Thanks for joining us, mate. Look, uh, mate, any chance? Any chance we can salvage anything out of this or are we staring down the barrel of a three-zipper? <laughs> <laughs> There's always a chance. <laughs> There's always a chance. But it's going to take, take a minor miracle, really, isn't it, for um, New Zealand to find a way to pick up eight wickets and, mm. and keep England under that total. It's, uh, it was a disappointing day again. New Zealand have had... Um, opportunities right throughout this test series. Um, unfortunately, when they've had those opportunities, they've let them slip through their hands and they just haven't been good enough at the end of the day to, to make the most of those opportunities, which is why they find themselves 2-0 down and perhaps 3-0 down after another day tomorrow. Mate, the two missed opportunities from Kay Williamson going upstairs. Um, obviously, the, the camera slows it down and, and it kind of looks like it was probably a desperate move, like a... a uh, is it desperate times for the Black Caps at the moment? Mate, they were shockers. Mm. The first one, Joe Root was hit about a foot outside off stump. Um, and then I heard Tom Plundell, who I think convinced Kane Williamson to actually go upstairs for that first one. And usually the keeper's got the best line, best sight. The bowlers always punch drunk, aren't they? Because they think <laughs> everything's out. Yeah. So, so they want to go upstairs. So there's no surprise there. But the second one, I heard Tom uh, Blundell say, well, it's closer than the first one than the last oh. one we just went for, so let's have a look. <laughs> and, and it was, to be fair to him, he, wa- he was correct. It mm. was closer, but it was only six inches outside off. So two critical errors, really. New Zealand have only got the one review, but yeah. just sort of sum things up, really. They've just been off. They haven't been that far off, but they've been off enough for this England side to get on top of them, um, put them under pressure, and they just haven't been able to respond. Craig, do you think a lot of that's got to do with Mac, um, with Baskin in, inside their heads, just by the you know by knowing how he prepares and what he brings to sides? Not so much, Kempi. I think it's more got to do with Baz getting inside the heads of the England players. Yeah, because there's been a noticeable shift in how England are playing their cricket from um, 12 months ago. I was over here 12 months ago when New Zealand beat England one 0 in the two Test match series. And to be fair. England didn't have a number of their top players playing in that series. The likes of um, Ben Stokes wasn't playing, a couple of others. So it wasn't their top side at the time. But still, um, they've certainly made a, a big mental shift in the way that they play Test cricket. Um, it's that aggressive approach. It's playing with that freedom. That, that's what McCullum's done since he's come on as head coach. He's freed them up. And he's also made them believe that they can win a game from any position. Um, Twelve months ago... Um, there's not a chance in the world that England would have possibly have won these three test matches. So there's been a big mental shift within mm. the, this England side. And Baz has um, obviously played a big part in that, along with Ben Stokes. And where, do, where do the Black Caps go, uh, Maka? Like, f- for us sitting over here, I feel like the, the top five probably been a bit underwhelming at the moment. They haven't really scored. But then you've got Daz Mitchell coming in and Tom Blundell, who had question marks at the start mm. of this, um, uh, this series. He's... Mate, put on an absolute clinic. But, mate, where, where do they go now, the Black Caps? Well, they've got some work to do mm. is because it was an underwhelming home summer where um, they lost to Bangladesh, um, drew yeah. the series 1-0, and then they drew 1-0 with South Africa as well. So they won two of the four test matches. They possibly could lose all three here. So the, the test record since becoming world test champions actually hasn't been that flash. So um, I think they need a little bit of a reset. Um I think it's fair to say they got selection wrong in this test match. AJS Patel oh, yeah. should have been playing. Um, you look at the opposition, Jack Leach, who I think's a good spinner, but I think AJS Patel is just as good, if not a little bit better. 
has taken 10 wickets in this test match. And New Zealand don't have a front-line spinner. They went in without. Um, so you have to question the selection that they've made in this test match. They've just made errors right throughout. Um, Can you explain so why, they, Mecca? They... What's the age is? Like he's played, he's played, bowled two overs since he's got a temper. And, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I pretty... can't. <laughs> I, wish, I wish I could. Um, because we turned up to on day one here at Hedden Leap. The pitch looked brown. It looked dry. It looked like it was going to turn. It looked like um, if you won the toss, you would bat first, which New Zealand did. And then it, it would have allowed you to bring your spinner into play. So New Zealand effectively went into this test match with three frontline bowlers in Trent Bolt, Tim Southey, and Neil Wagner. And you've got Michael Bracewell and Daryl Mitchell, who are two part-timers. So it's just not a well-balanced attack. They went for the extra batting. Um, eight batters, to me, was, was crazy, was overload. It was almost because... We've been struggling with the bat. The top five haven't really performed as well as what they normally do, so we'll just stack our batting. And I think quite often, whenever you stack a side with more, you actually get less. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I think there's a question mark over that. I think they've just been outplayed and outthought right throughout this test series. Hey, Craig, what about the media? Like, we were talking about that early on, about how Baz would come under the, under the scrutiny of the media if things didn't go his way. But has it happened in New Zealand? with New Zealand going in as favourites and Baz, you know, turning the tables on them? Um, look, I, I think that, you know, New Zealand have performed pretty well, Kempe, when you look yeah. at the last three or four years. They've been pretty consistent. We're very good at home, and you should be in your own conditions. Um, most sides are. I think there's question marks when we tour overseas in terms of um, how we play cricket because the style we play of Test cricket in New Zealand has to be different when we go overseas. And I'm not quite sure we've quite understood that or worked it out yet. And I think we have to be a lot quicker with that. So, like I said, at the end of the series, there'll be obviously a review, but there needs to be questions asked about um, the tactics of this New Zealand side, the selections and the performances, because at the end of the day, barring Mitchell and Blundell, um, we just haven't scored enough runs. Um, the three key performers for New Zealand this series have been Obviously, Daryl Mitchell and Tom Blundell, who have done a great job of digging New Zealand out of holes, and Trent Bolt as well. He's the leading wicket-taker in the mm. series as well. He's been outstanding. But barring that, um, the New Zealand players have struggled. This, for Kane, where do you think Kane's at at the moment? Um, obviously, he's still probably struggling with the elbow. We we know that that's always been a troublesome injury for him. But but has he still got the, the kind of changing room feels? Do you feel like he's still the man to lead the, the Black Caps going forward? Yeah, I do. Mm. I think Kane's been underdone. He just hasn't played yeah. the volume of cricket that he needs. He's one of those guys that loves playing cricket, and and he hasn't played. Played T Twenty, played in the IPL, didn't have a great IPL, so he actually didn't have a lot of confidence or a lot of time in the middle. Um, and if you look at his record, he didn't play last summer for New Zealand because of the injury. So the injury has really impacted him, and I think he's still searching a little bit for his game because. I, I know from working with him for a, a long period of time, when he's got the work, when he's done the training, when he's been able to hit the thousands of balls that he likes to do, when he's like that, he'll score runs for fun. Unfortunately, that hasn't been the case for him in recent times. So I thought yesterday, he got to 48. I thought, oh, he's back here. He's actually looking pretty good. This might be exactly what New Zealand need. And then he made that waft outside off stump, which is just not a, 
it's not a cane mm. shot, but it just showed that he's a little he's a little bit underdone. But come our home summer, he'll be fine. You know, once he gets a bit more cricket under his belt. Hey, Macca, just to, just we're going to take left here. Baz, do you think he'll have a word in his ear, mate? See, wants to come home and coach the Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> that magic touch, you reckon? <laughs> we can, that, that might we be can a bridge too it. far for him, Kempe. He can do many things, but that might be a bridge too far, mate. <laughs> when are you back, Macca? The Wednesday golf cruise, missing you. Yeah, I'm not back for a while because I'm moving on to Ireland after this is to oh. um, follow the Black Caps. I've got a one day and T20 yep. trip to Ireland, so I'm going to follow them there. Then I might head to Scotland and then maybe on to the West Indies. Oh, so mate. I might, <laughs> so it might be um, away for a wee while. You mate. got the sticks so, with yeah. you though, eh? I haven't. No, I've only had one oh. round since I've been over here, mate. They've been working me hard. So um, hoping over the next week to maybe get a second round in, but it, it hasn't been um, top of the priority list, unfortunately. Been hearing some rumours actually. Been... You've been swinging it pretty well, eh? Yeah, I, I'm disappointed because I'm missing your money in my wallet. So um, <laughs> that's one thing that I've definitely been missing. But um, Boy, yeah, I don't, no, it's, I it's don't miss good. your sprays post it after I, I missed that pup to, to go even up against the lads. I don't miss that at all, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you did. You laughed. We had a good time, didn't we? Yeah, we did, mate. Hey, we're going to let you go, Craig. Uh, we really appreciate you coming on the show, doing a great job over there in the UK. And uh, maybe just... Get him bears his ear and tell him to calm down, please. <laughs> <laughs> Go easy on the boys tomorrow. Two one sounds better than three nil. Oh, it? it does. Hell of a lot better, mate. Thank you so much. Cheers, boys. It was their homecoming we all wanted for the Kiwis as they returned to New Zealand with a performance against Tonga that Frank their form on paper with a very smart win. Joe Manu was outstanding, having run and broken all records of four hundred and four metres. Um, unbelievable. Tawara Nico, who's uh, part of the team that put this Kiwi team, this mm. great Kiwi team heading up to the World Cup together, is with us on the line now. T-Bone, morena. Morena, Kempe. Uh, morena, how you boys? Good. Good. Yeah. Hey, Still from the game on uh, Saturday night, so it's yeah. great to uh, have a chat with you guys this morning. Yeah, mate, just talking about that. You must be happy with the uh, the makeup of the team and lean into the World Cup with that effort? Oh, definitely, Kempe. You know, mate, you've been around long enough, and, and uh, one of the great things is being able to pick a team that's, you know, fit and in form. And I think we're very fortunate to have, uh, you know, some great debut debutants on the weekend, but also a, a team of forwards that really outmuscled mm. the uh, Tongan pack. Because when you look at them, they're not a small side, and they're very physical too. Taura, how do we get more, mate? How do we get more of this this action? The Kiwis playing more, mate. Like this one off. It just, you know, it got me excited, that team, mate, full of superstars, and it got me, you know, really excited for what's coming on in the end of the year. But how do we get more? We want more. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really good question, Izzy, in terms of that, man. If you looked over the weekend with all the international football, you know, the uh, our international calendar is really dominated uh, more so by the NRL and how they play their games. You know, their, their big thing is the state of origin yeah. and also, you know, the NRL. But, you know, as we saw in the weekend, all the games were fantastic. See, all the Pacific nations partake. Uh, so I, I think there's part of that with the International Rugby League Federation is setting our own agenda and calendar. Uh, but, you know, the Pacific nations, as we stand now, are, you know, are, are dominating rugby league, not only in the NRL, uh, but, you know, through, through the number of players that we have, and they're all passionate about representing their country. So, you know, that's something that really needs mm. to be mapped out in terms of international calendar going forward. I'll tell you one thing they should do, too, is they should get a Pacific, 
um, and Māori Players Association, so that the players actually make them make them um, come up with an international calendar that they play Pacific Games all the time. That'll be one way to fix it. Just looking through this Kiwi team, though, on the weekend, made strong across the board, spine, middle, mm. and. The, if there was one weakness, I thought in that in that left centre spot with um, playing a back row Nakori uh, out there, did what what did the selectors have to choose from as far as centres go um, for this game? But more importantly, what does that position look like for the World Cup? Yeah, that's a really good question, Kempi. The main one that we're talking about. There's a couple of young players, Matsumoko at the Canberra Raiders is one that's in there. Also, uh, Morgan Harper at um, also Manly. There's a couple of good up-and-coming centres, but the other one is Rima Smith, who's injured at the Melbourne Storm. You know, he's one of, the, of those crop of players. You know, there's two or three options there for us, Kempi, but I think in terms of the Tongan side, uh, Madge really wanted to make sure that we had a good defensive effort on the edges, and I think if you look at that squad, you know, that was one of the um, positions that was hotly debated uh, within the series. Uh, he wanted to go with Morata in terms of that with the coach, and you know, I thought he did really well, Morata, there, but in the long term, I think we're looking at the squad. There's a couple of options with some good young players. As I said, Matt Tomoko at Canberra, Morgan Harper at Manly, and also Remus Smith at the Melbourne Storm will, will come in contention, you know, for some strike for us on that um, on that left edge for the Kiwis Kimpy. So, yeah, as you said, was um, it was a tough gig. As you said, you've been around long enough, Kimpy. You know, the good players pick themselves in these teams, and, and if we look at the spine that we've got now. And Joey Marnie was over 400 metres, mate, and running metres, you know, and, and he doesn't play that position. But he's one of the, if anybody else, if Tedesco wasn't the fullback at the Roosters, I'm sure Joey Marnie <laughs> would be the playing fullback every week, Kimpy. But, you know, the opportunity is there. He's a big body, he's strong, you know, carries the ball really well, and, um, you know, he creates a bit of indecisiveness in defence every time he brings the ball back. But, you know, I thought the back three were great, uh, Ronaldo and also uh, Jordan Rapana, you know, were outstanding. And, um, you know, if you look through the squad, uh, you know, we're very happy with what, how they performed on the weekend. So, so Joe Manu, centre or fullback for you? And, and if he does go back to fulfil that centre role that you, the Kiwis may be after, you got Tamaiti Martin that you could chuck at the back as well. So, but for you, centre or, or, or fullback? Well, I, I think he's um, <laughs> he's he's one of those fullbacks that I think you know can change the game. You know, mm. you've got some great players at the moment in the NRL. You've got the likes of, of Tedesco, you've got Ponga, you've got Pappenhausen, and Joe Marnie would be right up there with the best of them. You know what I mean? In that fullback role. I think with fullback, he gets the opportunity to, to roam around the field and he mm. can pop up anywhere. So, you know, when you're playing in that centre position, you're sort of stuck on that edge in terms of where he can play. So I think around the middle of the ruck, uh, where he's got some good footwork and, and very strong, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd play Joey at, uh, at centre, uh, fullback, sorry, for me. Hey T-Bone, by the looks of it come the Kangaroos when they come up to the World Cup at the end of the year, they're going to have a, a Penrith spine with Tedesco at the back so you've got Curacao probably start at hooker, um, I don't know whether Mal will go with Damien Cook with what he saw last night, you know, because Curacao released uh, Cleary and, and Luai do you think that our spine on the other hand, which is, I said last week, our best, our best spine we've ever picked with Jerome Hughes, uh, Dylan Brown was outstanding, Joey at the back, uh, and of course Brandon out of hooker. Where do you think we sit in comparison to Clary, Curacao, Luai and Tedesco? Well, if you look at Paul Kempe, you look at the way those guys are playing in their positions. If you look at uh, 
you know, Brandon Smith and uh, Jerome Hughes, you know, at the Melbourne Storm. You know, Dylan Brown's been pretty consistent for the Parramatta Eels, and then Joey playing in that form. So you look at the form in the NRL with those players, they're all in the top couple of teams or in the top four in terms of it, you know what I mean? So they're playing with a lot of confidence, and you, and you throw in those guys, so in comparison, you know, you come to the World Cup at the end of the year, and it, I think we might be in the same group as Australia uh, in terms of that Kempe too. So it's going to be, it'll come down to that match with us playing against Australia, and I think we can match them. Mm. Obviously, Nathan Cleary, you know, did a demolition job on Queensland last night, but, you know, you look at Munster, probably Cleary, uh, Coruscant, uh through the middle in Tedesco, you know, it's pretty easily matched up. Um, I think, you know, we go to the World Cup at the end of the year. Uh, that's the next game these guys will be playing in. Uh, they've got a warm-up game against the Leeds, I think, prior to the start of the World Cup in the UK at the end of the year. So it's going to be a pretty exciting mate. And, and like you said, Izzy, in terms of, you know, the players, we should be playing more international football. Mm. It's not very often that we get players, you know, get the best of the best. And like you said, Kempe, this is one of the best teams we've had to pick over the last, oh, in decades, I'd say. So, know, with players informed with the with the with the um, skill level that they have, I think Jerome Hughes is really probably one of the most underrated oh. halves in the NRL. Mate, his kicking game was outstanding last night, and when he decides to run and put the foot down, he can beat two or three players on a dime. So, you know, he showed that again on Saturday night. I think he's the best in the in the comp. I think <laughs> Jerome Hughes is the best uh, seven in the comp. Uh, uh, hey. Just on that, the international game. For me, I feel like the international, you know, the, the Kiwis, the Kangaroos, that should be the pinnacle. But at the moment, origin is the pinnacle. So how do we change that? How do we get international league at the top? So that is the top of the echelon. Well, it is, it is. And you, you talk to the players, and there's nothing better than, you know, the NRL's good, and Kempe and I both played in the NRL, but playing for the country is the top of the top. Mm. You know, that's the best feeling you can ever have. And meeting and talking to the players during the week when they were back, they just loved coming into camp. It was like, you know, you just switch back into Kiwi mode. It was everybody on the same uh, wavelength. It was, you know, they had two training sessions, and they go out and play that game. So when you think about that, you know, the guys are all in sync and we've got some great young talent coming through. You know, I thought we had a lot of, you know, good momentum off the bench. I think Moses Leota, another Penrith player, Kempe, you know, he's got a lot of leg speed through the middle, so he gave us a bit of punch. Big Naz, also Nelson Asafa Solomona, and you had Foz coming off the bench too. So, you know, a lot of impetus, you know, it's not just about the 13 players, it's the 17, but I think international football is epitome, and I know that Mel Meninga is really pushing for more international games. It'd be great to have a three-match test series or quadrangular series between, you know, Tonga, New Zealand, Australia, and, and Samoa, you know, those top four teams at the moment. So, you know, that's something that we could look at into the future. But because the competitions are dominated by the NRL and, and the Super League in the Northern Hemisphere and, and the NRL and something, it's always, it's always hard because uh, you're pushing up against the might and it's you know a lot of that money but comes from the NRL and the Super League in terms of that and that's why we, you know New Zealand doesn't have our own competition at that elite level to warrant us playing more of those games but I think that's definitely something that's on the radar. Hey T-Bone, so the Tongans fooled the stadium, um, you know, which is a, we've seen that happen now since the 2013 World Cup. What about? This uh, competition of, of getting regular test matches against Tonga, especially through the Origin series, have they spoken about having a three-game series against them? Because that's the one that's like slapping people in the face to say, get it, get it happening. 
Yeah, I think that's one of the things that has been talked about in terms of that. But as you know, Kempe, releasing your players from the NRL and getting them back to play these test matches during that origin window is always difficult because, you know, clubs are really looking after their assets in terms of the players and anything that, you know, the likes of, you know, Tom Malolo and those guys who are North Queensland in the top three now, you know what I mean? So releasing some of those players, it's great for them to go and play in origin, but, oh, it's a different story when you want to play country. So it's about finding their balance in terms of that. And like you, like you said, we'd love to have a three-match series because it's a... When we play Tonga, it's a home game for the Tongans, really, because there's like 20,000 Tongans there and about 6,000 Kiwi supporters. But it's absolutely fantastic, mate. You know, it's great, great atmosphere, great environment, and, you know, that's a pretty cool thing to see the Tongans come out. They're really passionate. No one, no other team can do what the Tongans do, mate. The Samoans don't do that. The, the Kiwis don't do that. But the Tongans, man, they're very, very supportive, and you've got to take your hat off to them, mate. They're fantastic supporters. Yeah, hence the, hence the point I made about the Players Association. The players will decide eventually who they play for. It's, it's, uh, we've got a texter here that says, hey, Kempe, it's time that, to make Tonga a Tier 1 team. Of course it is, T-Bone. You know, like Tonga have beaten Australia, England, New Zealand, and still they sit down in the second tier. Um, and for me, for the benefit of Origin. So you can go and play Origin. If you have a look at Katoni Staggs, for instance, um, and Tupo, who plays for New South Wales last night, they should have been both playing for Tonga at the same time, not having to worry about whether or not to play for Origin. Uh, do you think that international football, because I can see it, is becoming, uh, with the flavour of Pacifica and Māori in it, and, and through the NRL, a challenge to the NRL? Can you see that? Oh, definitely. Definitely, you know, without the players in there. But like you, as you know, Kempi, Player uh, power can change a whole lot of things in terms of that. So, you know, I agree 100% with you with the Pacifica uh, Players Association. And uh, I know the right person to head that up, that's you. So why don't we just <laughs> set that up right now? Pacific Players Association. And you can Will you talk to your CEO and your, and your chair, mate, and I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, the Pacifica Players Show, mate. That sounds like a great idea mate, in terms of it. Hey, mate, just, I, know, I know you played in the middle yourself, T-Bone. This is where it's won. Like, we talk about the spine, we talk about Joe Manu, but if you talk about our middle up against the Kangaroos, I know Mel Meningle will be, like, really worried about this. Fisher-Harris, Bromwich, Nelson coming off the bench with Liotta. Um, our middle is first class. It's got to be close, again, close to the best we've ever produced. Oh, mate, you look, you see Kenny Bromwich and Isaiah Papali the other night, mate, they just get through a mountain of work. Those guys do all the hard yards, they're cleaning up, you know, you got Jesse and Jack. What are they against Fisher Harris? What about that run? He just bulldozed through about four or five tongues, mate. He's just unbelievable, you know, Fisher Harris. And we've still got a couple other players that are coming back through injury and stuff. You know, there's other few other guys that, you know, Joey Tarpany, probably the best number 13 going in the NRL at the moment. The number of offloads, you just can't stop that young kid, mate. He's a beast, you know. So, as you said, Kempe, the middles contain the Tongan forwards. When you've got, you know, Siwa Takiahau and Adam Fanua Blake, who, who break tackles at will, you know, our middles and their defence was outstanding through the middle there. And, you know, with Brandon um, Smith there, man, he was, uh, I don't know if you watch him, but you see some of the tackles that he puts in mm. and the effort that he does, mate, he's just so rapid and, you know, got so much energy in terms of it. And then, so, yeah, no, like you said, we've got some good middles. There's some stuff that they can improve on. But, mate, I was very, very happy with the effort. And, uh, you know, Michael Maguire was really pleased. You know, he just said, he just couldn't believe how the boys clicked back into camp, all came together really well. And to have two training sessions and do what they did in that game on the weekend was fantastic. All right, Tawira, we're going to let you go uh, shortly. But just one quick question. 
Yes. Who, who coaches the Warriors? <laughs> oh, mate, that's a tough one. I, I, you know, I feel for Stacey. He's got a bit of a hospital mm. pass. At the moment, oh, yeah. But, you know, he accepted the challenge and good on Stacey. I just yeah. think they need to wrap a little bit of a support around them for the next, you know, six, seven, I think, well, how many games left? Nine games left mm. in the rest of the season. So if they can get a bit of a roll on, you know, and um, just a bit of confidence, mate. I think that's the big thing. Kempi, you've coached in the NRL. You know how it is. You know, when boys are low in confidence and, you know, they doubt themselves, second-guess themselves, you know, it's just getting back to basics, you know, get your defence right, run hard and tackle hard, and, you know, things should look after themselves. But, you know, players have got to take accountability too for their own actions. You're a professional rugby league player. You know, this is what you get paid to do. Suck it up, mate. Let's go hard, bro. 100%. That's what you get. And that's one thing I've always loved about you, T-Bone, is you're always, you always harping on about accountability, and, and you're dead right. Mate, I just want to say uh, well done um, to you and the, and the boys for selecting such a wonderful team and getting international football back on the stage. Thanks for joining us this morning on the Izzy and Kibby for Breakfast Show. T-Bone, we'll talk soon. Thank you, bro. Always good, boys. Good luck. Keep up the good work, and then uh, you're shout for breakfast next time because I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Big breakfast. <laughs> oh man. You know, to, you know, Tawita. Hopefully, he's still got the radio on. And he's listening to this. True story. Yeah. We went to Manly once again. Okay? <laughs> we went to Manly, and we we're taking some people out for for lunch. And T Bone used to have this credit card, but it was like it had expired. <laughs> and he would go, my, my shout, my shout. He'd go up, and with the guys, and he'd wink at me, and I'd go to the toilet, mate, because I knew what was going on. And he'd put the card through, and, the, and you know, like by the time I get back, the lady's going, I'm sorry, sir, but your card doesn't work. He goes, What? Find the bank, find the bank. Oh, no. <laughs> and, and they'd always go, We'd pay. And yeah. I'd just look at him, and he'd just wink at me, mate. Yeah. Deep pocket, short arms, eh, T Bone? Oh, good. Costa reckons that he would start Weber over TJ, so he can't be captain. That's interesting, Costa. And the All Blacks always struggle in their first test. Ireland to win the first test by six in the Fortress. The Fortress Eden Park is mm. gone, Burgers. Hodgie. Now, Hodgie, you're not the first person I've had this mooted with me. Somebody else who works in the media and follows the All Blacks around pointed out that if there was ever a time that the All Blacks would lose the Fortress tag, well, this is the most wobbly they've been, and the Irish have the wood of them on recent years, and if they're going to win one game... It'll be the first one. Now, that's where the conversation has started. But anyway, Rugby League, Kempe, Warriors back this week after the homecoming of the Kiwis. You excited? Oh, of course, yep. Mm. At a full um, a full stadium too. Like when you, when you get a full stadium at Mount Smart um, to watch a Rugby League game, it's fantastic. You know, there's a, Rugby League supporters are like no other. They're so noisy and so parochial and get into the, get into the whole uh, atmosphere of it. And I actually think this weekend they're a real chance of winning a game. So... Um, SENZ will be there again. Yep. Did I tell you about Ricardo? Mm. Ricardo, mate, filled in for us on the sideline on the on the test match. Never done it before. Never done it before. You honestly, you'd swear done a hundred times. He was that good. Mm. So he's uh, he will, he'll be joining the so Rick I, Dog. So I said to the Rick Dog, join us again this week, mate. Call the Warriors from the sideline. Bring a bring a raincoat. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, do you, I feel like they're going to lift too. I feel like they're going to lift. They're at home. They've sold out. Um, they're up against a struggling West Tigers outfit, so it's a perfect opportunity to come back and and inspire us and, and get us back on. Like The one thing with the Warriors fans is that they are passionate, they are patriotic, and they do love their Warriors. And when things go good, they're there. When things go bad, they still stick around, but they just demand answers. Yeah. So they've sold it out. They're coming home, and um, you know, I'm pretty excited to see, see what they can un- 
you know, to get what they're able to uh, put out on the park. Ronald Volkman, he's obviously had his first outing. It was pretty special to see his father in the stands having a little moment. Uh, but for him, you expecting him to get another start, Uncle? Yeah, look, I think I don't think they'll go too far away from mm. that team that um, that last started. Uh, both teams in a similar situation. You know, Kamali, who's, who's picked up the yep. job off Madge. You've got Stace, who's picked up the job off Brownie. Uh, both teams are battling at the moment at the bottom end of the table. Uh, it's it's a, actually a massive game in that context because they lose, yeah. the Warriors, then they're battling for the wooden spoon for the rest of the year because their run home is really tough. Um, so, And what we want them to do, because I've got three more games at home after this, is we don't want them to lose. We want them to win because we want to fall the stadium out for the rest of the rest of the year when they come home. Mm. Well, yeah, and that's why I was going to ask the question about what would happen if they did drop this one. And after all of the faith the Warriors supporters have shown, um, but I don't want to go there because I want to start the week on a negative note, but you just hope that there is a performance that the Warriors can be proud of. Like, the fans really deserve this. The Warriors deserve this. To, they deserve to be here, Izzy, but the fans really deserve to to cheer this weekend. They do. They 100% they've stuck around through thick and thin. They've been there. You go back and listen to Tawara Nico's interview. If you missed it, head over to um, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, the podcast, and you'll listen to that. It's a great little chat. But his one thing say, he says, mate, a lot of the coaches cop all the flack. But the players are the ones out there, and there's a lot of things you can judge a performance on. And he touched on it. Like, these guys are getting paid. They're getting paid big money. Uh, they're professional athletes. They're in the top grade. Go out there and show it. Go out there and put a performance on. You know, like, they have to take 80% of the accountability for what's been uh, put on the park, I feel. So uh, it was a great little little insight that Tawara brought on on our show. So it was awesome. Yeah, look, there's no, there'd be no better way to, to to pay the faith, you know what I mean? So we've been starved of football. We saw some on the, on the weekend. You know, there was that little argument. Louis, you remember about the, the Warriors worried about the Kiwis coming home the week before they yeah. come home? Well, they filled the stadium two weeks in a row. That shows you how passionate league yeah. uh, supporters are. But you've got to win. You've got to go out there and you've got to, you know, You've got to. I don't. I don't think it's eighty percent accountability. I think the hundred percent accountability mm. from the players gets them the, the two points that they need. So, you know, Stace needs a win yeah. um, on his coaching record. You know, Sean Johnson needs a win so people can get off his back. But the boys need a win so that they can they can keep that faith within the support for the yeah. rest of the year. One of the best things is that they. One of the glass half full things about them not being uh, having anybody in the Kiwi side is they're rested. They've got full time to come back reconnect with their Fano here. The with the Warriors that have Farno here. Yeah. Um, Adam Fanua Blake was the only bloke playing over the weekend, I'm pretty sure. No, uh, 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 Chanel Harris oh, played bloke for Samoa, Samoa actually. Along Take with, that back. Uh, Jess Devaga. Mm. Um, so they had four or five players playing, but you know that's they still had the majority. They normally lose a ton of players through that's this right. specific window, and they haven't. So you're, you're dead right. They are freshened up, and you just hope that they can put out a couple of real quick ones for you, Kimpy. Um, were the NRL players in the Tongan side protecting themselves from injury? I thought Tal Malola was on Saturday. That's from Tony. I tell you what, if you were at the game, you would have seen how hard both teams were hitting each other, and and Tal would have touched on that with Brandon Smith around the defence in the middle of the park. It, it was frightening how um, hard they were running into each other offensively and defensively. So, no, they weren't holding back. The, the, the middle, just the New Zealand won that battle. They won it hands down. And that's why they were, were so electric in that first half. And Kempi Goose says, if Tonga become tier one, doesn't that mean that the players can't play, the origin players can't play for Tonga? Leave it as it is for now. Well, that's right, because as you saw with Katoni Staggs, he can play Origin one week and play for Tonga the next. You can't do that if you're Tier 1. Oh, 
Interesting. I don't so, know that. And that's where it comes oh. down to what do you value? And that's where your question is, is, he, is international yeah. rugby league not at a point now that you can fully empower it? I tell you, you're going to make rules, and they're going to make rules international. The Australians will just change them to make sure that origin isn't affected. Here we go, here we go, boys. Offload. Here we go. Watch this. Offload. I remember. Remember. Here, Sunny, Sunny, Sunny. Yeah. Oh. Oh, nice. How? See? That's okay. Just for everybody wondering Sorry. what we're doing here, there's a replay of the first test between Ireland and uh, the All Blacks from 2012 when they toured, or 2013, I think it was, when they toured down here. Is he's got like a forensic memory of everything he did in this game? Are you like this with all test matches? No, nah, no, nah, only the ones that I went okay in. <laughs> <laughs> Julian Savier's debut game, he scores three tries. They actually make a break, and, and he's me on the inside and Savier on the outside, and DC passes to Julian. I was spraying him the whole way to the try line. Did they spray their jerseys on? It looks like it. Oh, no, they were tight, mate. I was look, in the neck back then. Look at Sunny. Wouldn't be out of fit. Yeah. Like he's like mid-twenties. Oh, money Bill Williams. Uh, we've got a massive week previewing the All Blacks. Oh, look at him. Goes ball in two hands, tucks it, and boom, hits the big boy hard. And this would have been one of his early test matches. Oh, no, it's after the World Cup. But and then we got turned over, put under pressure. So should have kicked it. <laughs> Hindsight. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.